everybody, and welcome in for another episode of Vault Club Confidential. I'm your host, Austin Price. The orange and white game is just wrapped. Tennessee baseball continues on with SEC play. We'll talk about it all tonight here on the show because we'll be joined by Tennessee pitcher Drew Beam later on in the broadcast. But first, we bring in Spire CEO James Clawson. James, you just wrapped up uh, the orange and white tailgate. Massive turnout. Advent Electric uh, was huge and helping uh, some underprivileged and, and less fortunate people get to the orange and white game how big was that yeah absolutely we had a great time at the tailgate obviously the orange and white game everything was great we had a lot of fun um yeah we just want to thank advent electric for for sponsoring you know the tickets for our members and then also a, a large number of tickets to the emerald youth foundation which helped a lot of a lot of kids be able to go to a game maybe their first game ever so that was a cool experience when we thank them for that you know now over 2500 members uh you continue to grow continue to see more and more um outreach as far as you know local businesses and even some you know corporate businesses reaching out um how big of a change is that from just a year ago well i mean probably a year ago we were under 500 members so i mean over 2000 members and probably you know less than a year so you know we're just trying to figure out more ways to add value to our members whether that's more signed items coming in the mail or um you know things where we can host you know we got a couple big baseball series left kentucky and mississippi state so you know getting more people up to the porch or getting access to tickets and and things like that what's the biggest question you get from Uh, people that just aren't don't know or confused just don't understand probably how do you decide which players you know how much what's the what's the market rate you know how do you determine that kind of stuff and don't we don't certainly don't have all the answers we we've leaned on our 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 technology partner open doors which has come out with some guidance on you know players by position and by conference and so you know that that's helped us come up with more of a model of okay we think this position is worth this and here's what we can, you know, what we can get out of it. Uh, one of the marquee positions in baseball is the pitcher, and that's why we bring in tonight's key guest, and that's Drew Beam, pitcher for the Tennessee Volunteers. Drew, we're a year and a half in, and you've had this uber-successful run as Tennessee's uh, Sunday starter, sometimes Saturday starter, depending on when the series starts. Could you have ever envisioned this run um, when you missed junior year due to COVID, senior year you had to have Tommy John surgery, you hadn't really pitched a whole lot dating back to your sophomore year, and then all of a sudden you come in and you're a starter as a true freshman? Yeah, I mean, I was dying to get back on the field after those two years missed. Uh, obviously, you know, the pandemic and then injury – Injury part sucked, but uh, yeah, I was just dying to get back out there, and you know, I uh, never knew coming into college what I was really expecting to be as my role. But uh, whenever they named me the Sunday starter, I was just you know, more than excited, and I was excited to take take it and run with it. When you sit down with Frank Anderson and he gives you the news that you know he wants you to be the guy that you know takes the ball in, in game three every series, kind of what are you thinking at that point? Because I mean, you've just been on campus you know a few months. Yeah, I mean they. Uh, Actually, wasn't even a sit down at all. It was a uh, hey, boom, coach, you're getting the ball. Yeah, it was coach. Uh, <laughs> walked in Sunday morning of that first series last year, and my name was on the starting pitching roll. I had an idea of it was between me and one other guy, and uh, so coach didn't want me overthinking it the night before and stuff. So uh, I actually think it worked well. So came in, saw my name was on it, and uh, went with it, I guess. You see that number 32 on the chain. That's not what you wore in high school. It is not, no, sir. I remember your mom being like, I'm not sure about this. And you've kind of made that your own. It's, you know, 32 is Drew Beam. Yeah, I, lo- I love the new number. I mean, 
uh doe actually had my number from high school and yep. that's cool i mean he's uh he he was coming in a big name so uh from georgia southern so uh they rolled 32 towards me and i was like let's roll with it and we i kind of like it now i'm not even if i had the chance to switch i don't think i would Are you a big numbers guy not crazy i mean is what it is really so those that don't know i've known drew's family for a long time first time i ever met drew's family it was drew you weren't there i think you were playing baseball that day i met your sister carly who at the time was you know, selling lemonade during a, <laughs> a, 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 a uh, basically a, a you know community yard sale yeah and everybody was coming over and getting lemonade from her and all that stuff um for those that don't know um kind of fill everybody in on your sister and kind of you know where she's at yeah so my sister she's 15 years old now she's uh she has spinal muscular atrophy which is better known as sma it's a muscular disorder and so basically it's made her wheelchair bound since a young age and yeah i mean she other than that she lives a pretty normal life she's uh her cheer team's uh manager for her cheer for blackman high school and then like you said she's making lemonade for other people you know she just lives a normal any any other kid's life other than the fact that she's just you know has that boundary of being in a wheelchair but she she makes it work and she's who she is because of it she bossy to you a little bit and she gets away with a little bit being the younger sibling so i kind of have to you know bite it and just go with it sometimes but i guess that is is what it is whenever you're an older sibling when she's able to come to your games though and and doesn't really miss you know as big bro how 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 much of how much has that kept you grounded and how much do you kind of do you ever just sit around and go it's really kind of neat that she's able to make it to as much as she can oh yeah i mean a good or bad game no matter what it is you know she's always the first person i see after the game and it just brings a smile to my face and just lights up everybody around her i guess and uh you know i think everybody in lindsey nelson knows who she is everybody on campus just are starting to know who she is and her story and so yeah I mean just knowing that you know she's gone through some of these things and uh fights these trials and tribulations every day just helps me you know overcome things as they come to me yeah and you wear the purple glove for SMA for correct you know for her and you know any other kind of I guess like cleats that type of stuff that you'll try to throw in there and going forward the ideas have ran through my head and we'll see we'll see what we can come up with um going forward but yeah, that idea has definitely gone through. I know there's a bunch of guys on the team that wear her purple bracelet. Um, that I so do I. It's the purple one on my wrist, and uh, yeah, there's a bunch of guys who support her and support me with it, and so uh, they wear it every day. Do you feel like that? You know, your role. You've just gotten more comfortable with it um, as we shift back to baseball, um, especially this year, because you know, hit the last month or so, you've kind of come in and. You know, kept Tennessee out of the ditch with some some big game three wins on series where Tennessee could have got swept. Um, do, do you feel more confident now than maybe you even were a year ago? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, obviously, me, Doe, and Burns have gone through. You know, last year we kind of built off of each other, and it really helps me in the you know day three guy seeing Doe and Burns do what they do and see what the other pitchers do, and it kind of helps me learn the team we're playing and you know figure them out and kind of helps me in the long run honestly because I get to see two days of our pitchers figuring out their weaknesses and I think that's been a big testament to helping me is just being able to watch the game and understand you know what this hitter likes and doesn't like and so I think that's been a big thing and then just being a Sunday guy for the second year in a row um, respect levels there with uh, the other teammates just like I have for them and just you know being able to help some of the younger guys along 
and it's just been great. So when you're watching the Friday night game, the Saturday game, are you really quiet on the bench because you're like trying to study, as you said, the other team, or are you still really chatty? Like, like what are you like in those those non throw days when you're watching the Friday Saturday games? I try to stay chatty. Obviously, I don't want to be in the dugout just being a Debbie Downer. So I, I like to get in there. I'm not the you know the biggest chirper, the biggest you know come up with the funny things to say, but I'm definitely into it. I, I love baseball games, and so I'm not going to miss out on just sitting there. Who's the one guy that? Uh, you know, has meant the most to you since you got here, whether it be a coach, could be a player, could be a sports staff member. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I've got some really good buddies on the team. Uh, I know, you know, Kirby, Wyatt, and Xander, some of my closest buddies on the team that way. Um, Redmond's been great. Um, just being that older guy who knows a lot and had been around as a player last year and he's a coach this year. So he's, you know, got both sides of things and he got a lot of wisdom and knowledge. And, uh, I don't think I could really pinpoint one person, but I think just the, you know, whole group as a whole has been great to me. Where's your game continue to get better as a pitcher? Like, 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 are you? Do you feel like you have, you know, different arm angles you can come at now? Do you feel like you, you know, you have different pitches that you're more confident in than maybe you were, you know, again? Because I feel like you've not still not played a ton of baseball because you missed those back to back years. Like where I feel like you know you still have your best baseball ahead of you. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the big things is just uh, you know getting deeper into the you know what I said was talking about watching and understanding what hitters do and do do not like and kind of um, you know this there's new technology coming out all the time about oh this hitter likes you know certain pitches and it just kind of shows you and there's all kinds of different graphs and it's honestly pretty cool but I'm. Honestly, it's above my head. I don't really know what I'm looking at. So I guess that side of the game, um, just you know, keep you know developing my craft and getting my pitches more dialed in, where I can put this pitch right here, put this pitch right here, versus you know missing by a few inches on everything. If you could pick the brain of any pitcher in any era, who would it be? He still plays, but uh, he's just goofy. And uh, Zach Granke would probably be my guy. He's just. He uh, he calls his own pitches now on the pitch comp thing, which is pretty cool. He shook himself off. I want to you know understand why he does that kind of stuff. But he's just what I've heard from other people is he has such an in-depth baseball mind that it goes you know beyond what I can think of right now. So that'd be a cool talk. Favorite pitcher growing up was it was it just Grinky or was it, was it when you were a kid like was there somebody that you're just like man I, I just love that guy. Yeah, Grinky wasn't it growing up. I was a I was a Reds fan growing up, so. Um, Johnny Cueto was really cool to watch with his windup, and he'd mess with hitters. And then Chapman, Aroldis Chapman, was on that team, and he threw fuel. So um, those are probably my top two growing up. You were a Reds fan. I know it. I respect it because they've not been very good, so it's hard to be a Reds true, fan. Right? What made you a Reds fan? Uh, Zach Cozart was their shortstop at the time, and he was the son of one of our family friends. So that got me. I was young, knew him personally so i was like started watching the reds and kind of went with that you got their ut across the chest what's that mean to you it means a lot i mean forever um since i was little my whole family's been a tennessee fans and you know bleed orange as they say and i think that's you know truly something that i do and it's just always been a big thing to me is living true to being a tennessee ball and i think that's uh you know just my dreams came true when i got to come play here you committed here so early um when when you when you first got that offer, like what was a younger Drew Beam going through mentally at that point? Like, you know what I mean? Because I mean that's a lot for like a fifteen sixteen year old kid to, 
you know, kind of digest. I mean, I was beyond excited whenever I got the offer from Tennessee. I'd had a few other other offers on the table, but this one just stuck in there, and I was like, ooh, that's that's really where I've always wanted to go. And when it came time, it was like, why are we asking questions? It's a SEC school, big program that's on the upcome, and I've always wanted to go there. So it was just an easy decision. What's Tony Vitello meant to you? Uh, Tony's been great. Um, that f- feels weird calling him Tony, but Coach V, he's been uh, he's awesome. He brings the energy. <clears throat> he just keeps us keeps us alive, and I think he's just that backbone of the team on energy and feel, and we just all kind of vibe with him. Flip that Frank Anderson. He seems so calm, but yet so like ready to rage at any moment at times. <laughs> You're right. Whenever, he's whenever. Gotta, I mean, like he, he's like. If if I said who do you want to get in the foxhole with on the baseball team, I think he probably would be number one. Like I just feel like he, he would do anything for you guys. Absolutely, he's uh, he's all in for us. He's he's obviously like y'all y'all notice he's very calm, but when the moment's needed, he's he's all fire and he's ready to just flip that switch. How different is he in in the team room? Like is he a is he a reserve guy in the team room? And like behind closed doors, is he a reserve guy? Is he a cut up? Is he a practical joker? Is he sneaky joker? Um, the prankster. He's he gets he has his jokes and he's he's funny at times. He can he can crack up with us for sure. All right, so you're dating this girl from Texas A and M. I am. Her dad's a coach at Texas A and M. Correct. You all swept Texas A and M. We did. We did indeed. How was that? Was that was it good bragging rights? It was great. Um, obviously, I respect her dad and her brother and stuff, and that was cool. But it was, it was cool to play against them. And obviously, you know, we want to go out and beat everybody, so that wasn't too much of a problem. Do you like going? Do you like pitching on the road or pitching at home better? I love both, but the road's almost it's interesting. It's cool to see you know different fan bases and stuff like that, and see how they do different things at different stadiums. Obviously, I love being at home and Lindsey Nelson and just our fans and stuff are great. But yeah, it's cool to be on the road when you. <laughs> As a pitcher, Lindsey Nelson is a hitter's park. It's smaller. So, like, when you get in those bigger parks on the road, is it, is it almost better for you, do you feel like? It can be. Um, Even though you're on the road in a hostile environment at times? Yeah, I mean, but uh, it's not – honestly, it's not terrible. Uh, I mean, it's obviously nice to have a bigger field, but I'm going to be honest, some of the guys in college, it doesn't matter if we're on a – you know, little league field or <laughs> they can rake. big league field. It's, it's, if it's going over the fence, it's probably going out most places. So, aluminum bats, my man. Yeah, you're right. Do you think? Do you think your 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 game probably translates better to professional baseball where you're going against wooden bats? Oh, I hope so. That's the goal, right? <laughs> I hope that. Hope it translates real well. When people talk to you about your game, what do you think they see? What do you, What do they tell you? They see about you as a pitcher? Yeah, um, they recently has been the QB1 approach, Coach V originated that, kind of uh, said that I model my game after being a football player and how I keep a level head and uh, really don't let much affect me. What pitchers at the major league level do you try to model your game after? I mean, it doesn't have to be modern pitchers. I mean, like, do you ever just, like, watch old YouTube clips of, you know, Pedro Martinez or Roger Clemens or, you know, Tom Glavin or anybody like that, or are you just, like – you know that was before your time, so you don't even entertain that. I'm gonna be honest. I really don't try to model my game after anybody. Just try to be myself, and really doesn't. You know, guys will say they model after somebody else, but I'm trying to be who I am, make make myself. Um, I guess a household name. So I want it to be after me and not somebody else. So who is Drew Beam? I don't know. I'm still trying to mold that and figure that one out for myself. But uh, hopefully, you know, people know me as a 
good human being, a great ball player, great pitcher who wants to compete, and uh, just going to get after it on the field. Do you feel like you're stronger now? You know, I feel like, you know, you and Burns, especially late last year, it's a long season. It's just like going from playing college ball to major league ball. You know, you go from playing 50 or 60 games, playing 162. You know, um, do you feel like you hit a wall last year and you're more prepared now to not hit that wall as we had late April, early May? I think so. Last year at this time, I was not feeling that great. Body was starting to fall apart a little bit. And, um, yeah, I think this this point this year, I'm feeling a lot better, feeling like I can get deeper into the season without hitting that wall that I felt like I hit last year. When you when you go back home, is there a certain thing you do? Is there you know a certain set of group of friends you see you know when you head back to Murfreesboro? Yeah, absolutely. Um, all my high school buddies I play football with, I definitely go see, um, go golf golfing and fishing when I'm back home. So yeah, it's really just to keep it simple. Hang out with some old friends. What's your favorite memory from high school football? That would definitely be the Rock or not Rockville Riverdale game. My I believe it was my junior year. Uh, we were down by like three touchdowns at halftime. And we came back all the way and won it with like seven seconds left. That was the COVID year. Yeah, right before it was the season, fall before COVID. Yeah. What uh, What do you feel like, you know, your game from the football field maybe helped you in baseball? Or, or like, you know, what could you take from one sport to the next? One was just being, a, being an athlete, being athletic and, you know, taking parts of my game from football and bringing it over. But – uh just the mental side of clearing it and going to the next thing is if you make a bad pass, just clear it and you've got to be ready for the next series, next play, and uh, you know not hold on to it. If you hold that in your mind, it's going to happen again. We're going to go rapid fire here. You ready? Cool. You don't have to be one-word answers, but it don't need to be three-minute answers either. Gotcha. Favorite childhood memory? Probably just hunting with my dad. Biggest game you've killed? Killed a six-point deer. I'm not much of a deer hunter. I'm a, more of a wild or a, a bird hunter. What kind of birds? Grouse? Uh, I like to duck hunt waterfowl. You like getting in the blind? Love the blind. You need to get with the Mays brothers then. They have a nice little honey hole out there in West Tennessee. Tell us something about uh, yourself that would surprise most people. I I love cars and trucks. They're just, I like, you know, going to car shows and stuff. That's cool to me. If you were a WWE wrestler, which one would you be? Uh, Rey Mysterio. Why? He's just cool and interesting. I was never into WWE much, but he's just pops and has fun batman superman spider-man if you could be one who and why batman because he's rich and has all kinds of different technology i said you, you pull in you're in a black truck you're in a black I mean, of course batman's all black so surprised by the answer <laughs> who's your role model and why both my parents i mean get both get some from my mom get some from my dad but there's great people and they've you know taught me to be who i am you have any hidden talents other than throwing a baseball i don't got anything out of the ordinary um cannot juggle Cannot do anything like that. So Best round of golf? 81. Close so. to breaking 80. Getting there. Getting there. Getting close. Best part of your game? Right now, the short game. Really good, 150 in. If you had a walk-up song like the hitters do, what are you rolling with? It's been so long. I My go-to back in the day, whenever I did hit, was ACDC. But that was... Back in black? Yeah, back in black. Play a little bit of that. A little Thunderstruck. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Something cool like that. A little heavy metal, I think, would be my, my way to go. Biggest pet peeve in life or in sports? Really messes messes with my head when people parking. I, you got to be a perfect parker. You got to have it like in between the lines, perfect. If you're on the line, it just it really ticks me off. I don't like it. Just, I don't understand how people cannot park correctly. So that's a big thing. 
Now you've got the big truck. Are, are you one that parks like in the, the, the back 50 to make sure your truck doesn't get dinged by the yeah, cars? Yeah, park, park near no one is a big thing. But between the lines? Between the lines, absolutely. When did this start? When I, drive, I started driving, I guess. I got I got tow mirrors on my truck so I can see the lines easier. No, that's not the only reason. I think they look cool, but you know, it helps. Best driver in your family not named you? Ooh, probably my dad. Mom likes to drive fast, and she gets on to me for driving fast, so it's a little hypocritical. Stunned. Stunned, Kelly. Stunned. I'm not shocked at all. Best place <laughs> to eat in Murfreesboro? Got to go with Toots. Good old Toots. It is I Toots. Think, you know. If, if we're bringing someone home to Murfreesboro, you gotta gotta take them there. Toots or Demas's? Demas's goes goes good too. Get a little cheese bread, yeah. cheese cheese toast or whatever they call it over what there. Was that uh, was it Bad Daddy Burgers? That place. Is, you like that? I really like. They got a real big, nice burger. I've downed it a few times. Koji. Koji's good. I really like Koji. I kind of wish we had one here. We do. It's called Asahi. It's in Lenore City. Oh, I'll have to check it out. Or. Ashi and Mirable. They're owned by the same people. They just didn't want it to be as confusing, so they oh, nice. moved some letters around. We found a all-you-can-eat Japanese place here is Makino. Where's that at? Um, it's on Kingston. It's right down there across from Rice, the GMC. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's like 20 bucks, and we go in there, and we eat a lot. <laughs> Who who go who goes on these these eating adventures? I mean, we've had fifteen, sixteen guys go before, and I can tell you, we got every bit of our twenty dollars worth. <laughs> Probably not, maybe even forty bucks. They we wanted had, you to leave. We've had, like, leave. We've had sushi eating competitions before in there. Who wins those? I won one. I don't know if I could win another. That that put me down for the count. I had forty forty something pieces of sushi. So that was we were just ordering, letting it settle, and kept ordering. That none of us wanted to lose. Best teammate. Best teammate. Logan Chambers. Why? Just always supportive, always there to help, talk about anything. Uh, you know, doesn't, you know, no one hates him at all. There's nothing he's ever done wrong. So I just like the guy a lot. Funniest teammate. Xander Sechrist or Aaron Combs. They both have their different types of funny, and it's awesome whenever they mix. This team obviously doesn't have the bravado that last year's team did. Do you feel like that you need to get a little bit of that though, heading down the stretch here? I mean, like, I mean, I'm not saying you got to go full, you know, bat flipping and walking backwards and you know, you know, carrying the bat like Pedro Serrano on Major League around the bases when you need a home run. But you know, do you feel like you need just a little bit? Does there need to be a little energy? Yeah, I think the energy's coming. I think we're also um, at the point where we feel like we haven't proved ourselves yet, so we don't want to be, you know, too boastful and the fact that we are um, kind of underperforming as we feel like. So I think it'll come with, but I think we're still figuring ourselves out as a team. Last year you had the one of the greatest seasons in college baseball history. You didn't even make it to Omaha. You're right. Is that kind of the thought process this year? Like, let's just get let's uh, let's, let's get in and be playing our best baseball when it matters. Because last year we we did all that from February to May, and it didn't matter in June. It did not one bit. Yeah, we absolutely would like to be playing our best baseball in June and, uh, yeah, be one of the, the last teams standing. Absolutely. Do you think this team hates cold weather? Because you played two cold weather series. Last year, Kentucky, rainy, overcast, not real warm. Then freezing in Missouri. And y'all went one and five. We did. 
I don't think anyone likes playing baseball in cold weather. But those teams are around it every day, so right. it's a little easier to adjust to it. Yeah, and I talked to one of their pitchers at Missouri, and he said he even hates it. But you're right, they do are around it and get acclimated a little more to it. Um, it could just be a mindset thing, but you know, I don't hate playing in cold weather, but I'd much rather be <laughs> playing in 75 and sunny here in Knoxville than Columbia, Missouri. Yeah, I understand that. What's the best advice you can give uh, – younger Drew Beam if you could go back I'd say don't do the stuff I did to turn my UCL but I guess it kind of has helped me out and made me sit back and watch the game and learn it a little bit from the other side of things so um just don't take for granted being you know the high school and stuff to you know enjoy that and then because it's a grind once you get to college it's fun but it's still a grind for people that want to learn more about your sister's fight in SMA how can they do that? Yeah, there's a there's a few videos out um, on Instagram and stuff. And then there's – obviously, you can go to CureSMA.org. That's where you'll find the best information. There will be multiple videos on that. You can learn about all the different types of SMA. So that would probably be your best place to find it. As we wrap up, you know, in a perfect world, you're, you know, most baseball players are three and gone. You get a year and a half left, you know, if on that path. Um what do you want to get accomplished? Here? Yep. I want to win a national championship, obviously. That's the goal, bring another championship, or bring the first baseball championship back to Knoxville. Um, that's that's the main goal. Um, keep perfecting my craft and win a championship while I do it. How does Drew Beam get better for the next year and a half? Uh, stay in the weight room, stay training outside of uh, the weight room. You know, uh, just. What did you weigh when up. you got here and what do you weigh now? Uh, when I got here – because I was post-surgery and had a little bit of fat on me. I was uh, about 225, and I'm 210, 212-ish right now. But it's a different 210. So a whole lot different, yeah. I was uh, – Q, Q had fun getting that weight off of me real fast in the summer, uh, my freshman year. Best thing when you go over there to the nutrition bar or going to Smokies is what? Uh, wings. The wings are my favorite thing, absolutely. But I'm a boneless wing guy, so I'm not – I really don't like eating – uh, traditional wings. Me neither, but Brent Hubs will tell me that those aren't wings. Those are called chicken nuggets. And that's fine. I'll, I'll stand by it. I like chicken nuggets more than I <laughs> like wings. I'm with you, buddy. 100%. 1 million percent. Well, Drew, we appreciate you, man. We appreciate you you know, catching up with us tonight. And Tennessee fans, if you uh, want an easy guy to root for, it's number 32. He's made it his own. He's your Sunday, sometimes Saturday starter for the Tennessee baseball team. And we look forward to watching you the rest of the way, okay? Appreciate it.